you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Monday Philip DeFranco Show. Hit that like button to support the video. Hit that subscribe button for your chance to win $5,000 at the end of the month. And let's just jump into it. And the first story today is, I don't know what I was thinking. This is so, it's so hot today. Ah. <sighs> What was I doing? Okay, one second. <sighs> okay, better. But uh, the actual first thing that we're gonna talk about today, it's online entertainment news. We have to talk about that YouTubers versus TikTokers fight that happened over the weekend. We got some big winners, big losers. Though, uh, to a certain degree, I have to respect almost everyone for putting their bodies on the line, potentially becoming a meme in the process. The only exception there being someone that maybe talked a lot of smack and then did not back it up. But uh, what I will say is this event showcased some big transformation. You're the Nissan Gib, a man that transformed himself from human crab when he fought Jake Paul to a guy that just demolished his opponent but then got robbed by the judges. Though, actually this morning we saw that decision change with the win going to Gibb and the director of the International Sport Karate Association releasing a statement saying that yes, Gibb won by unanimous decision and said that it was called a majority draw because of human error. You had people like Faze Jarvis, a kid I remember because he went viral for crying because he got banned from Fortnite. Being the same guy that did this. As you can get. Get him out of the ring. And of course, one of the internet's famous transformations being that of Bryce Hall, who got absolutely demolished by Austin McBroom uh, before the fight. I'm gonna knock out Austin because I'm an actual fighter. After the fight. I'm not a boxer. I'm not a fighter. I've never claimed to be a fighter. Though, at the same time, Bryce Hall, to a certain degree, gets the last laugh because it was still a financial success for him. But even with Bryce Hall becoming several sets of memes, the pay-per-view cost $50, and reportedly, he made a $5 million appearance fee plus 4% of pay-per-view sales. Though, that will be a million dollars short because he had this side bet with McBroom about a knockout uh, and he lost because of a TKO. But yeah, kind of as a final note, the, the YouTubers almost completely swept the entire event. Uh, the only person from the YouTube side that lost was Deji, losing to Vinny the Hacker. But also, at the same time, the, the kind of YouTuber versus TikToker thing is a, a bit of a shtick because, I mean, even, even people like Bryce Hall, they have like 4 million YouTube subscribers. Yeah, especially for those that watch the fights, what are your thoughts regarding what happened, especially the Anisan Gibb thing? Then, in a different kind of entertainment news, it appears that movie theaters are recovering, with The Quiet Place Part Two hitting a major box office milestone over the weekend, becoming the first film since the start of the pandemic to cross $100 million, making it there in just 15 days, which, hey, prior to the pandemic would have been nothing special, but this is a major feat today. Also, specifically with this movie, with people saying that it speaks to exclusive theatrical releases being very strong. Or you compare it to Warner Brothers releasing what was supposed to be a major summer film in the Heights, having a pretty horrible box office weekend. Right, it was already forecast to just make over $20 million this weekend, but it only brought in 11.4 million. With, of course, one of the biggest differences there being that it was not exclusive to theaters. It was released the same day on HBO Max. And while there, I would love to compare and contrast the numbers where I talk about the future of cinema. HBO Max doesn't release the data on how many people viewed a single title, so we have to kind of guess. But also, because In the Heights is a musical, I would say let's, let's revisit this in a few Few weeks to see how it's doing then. Could still be the same situation, or it could be like The Greatest Showman or Moulin Rouge. Hell, I mean, In the Heights actually had a better opening than The Greatest Showman, which ended up becoming a massive box office hit. Then in random WTF news, let's talk about Joe Rogan, kind of. So over the weekend, if you lived in LA and you looked to the sky, or you were just someone on Twitter, you may have seen that there was sky writing that at first read, will you marry me, Molly Pratt? And that marriage proposal then followed by a series of other messages like, she said, yes, I love you more than any 
anything. Excited to spend my life with you until death do us part. Was the messages continuing until they said, got one more thing to say. Joe Rogan is literally five foot three. Which, in general, people found pretty hilarious. Because one, they were there for that Joe Rogan slander and or two, they were just perplexed that someone would pay thousands of dollars to take a jab at Joe Rogan. Who, and no disrespect to my short kings out there, has previously claimed to be five foot eight, and uh, the two times I went on his podcast, he didn't strike me as a short guy. But, as it turns out, people may have just gotten played. Well, yes, the rap reported that an unidentified person paid the company Sky Typers more than $17,000 for 10 messages total. After the Rogan message, people reported seeing the words Peacocks, Girls 5 Eva, 5YC, or a play on For Your Consideration. Which, as it turns out, is actually the show's Emmys For Your Consideration campaign slogan. You also had the Peacock Twitter tweeting a joke about it, one of the stars of the show posting a photo of it. Which, I will say two things on. One, uh, whether they started this or they didn't, they got so much free promo from this. But also, Two, this feels a little bit like the potential kicking open of a door for a new kind of advertising. Where you talk smack about a celebrity in skywriting and then you throw something branded out. Or you throw out some skywriting that's gonna be polarizing like LeBron's not elite. Followed by 10 minutes later, but Taco Bell is. Taco Bell then gets millions of dollars of free press and they deny that they were the ones behind it. Also, actually on the note of advertising and marketing news, we should talk about YouTube. And this because YouTube announced that they will no longer accept certain kinds of ads for their masthead ad. Right, that big visible rectangle at the top of the homepage. And those four prohibited categories include ads that feature gambling-related content, as well as alcohol-related content, as well as ads that show prescription drug terms, and of course, the biggest one, related to elections or politics. And notably, regarding that last one, according to Axios, who first reported this move, ads that are endorsing a candidate for office will be banned, but noting ads that are political in nature, like issue ads, will be reviewed on a case-by-case basis. And for YouTube, this isn't really their first major move there. And I think that was the case for a lot of companies that were kind of reviewing their policies. And for YouTube, back in November, they announced that they would discontinue full-day masthead reservations after the Trump campaign reserved key election dates, including election day. But also a big note here is this is a change on policy of a specific ad unit and not advertising in general. But this is more about not allowing a single advertiser to dominate the homepage rather than ads in general. Targeted ads and targeted purchases for these four categories will still exist. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Stamps.com. Did you know that with Stamps.com, you get up to 40% off post office rates and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates? That's right, major savings on UPS shipping too. Whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com is great for any size business. Print official U.S. postage from your computer 24-7 for any letter, package, and class of mail anywhere you want to send it. Personally, as a business owner, I love how convenient and cost-effective it is for me and my business. I can get all the mailing and shipping done without even leaving my house. And basically, it boils down to this. Stamps.com saves you time and money. It opens me up personally so I can be even more invested in producing the show, working on the new studio, getting more merch for our next drop. And right now, you can get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale when you use code FILL. There's no risk, no long-term commitments or contracts. So just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Phil. That's stamps.com code Phil. Then in my favorite internet debate of the day, let's talk about this father's Facebook post that went viral. So you had this dad, Chris Crawford, he puts out this post on Facebook. It has two photos of his son in a Burger King uniform with the caption, huge shout out to this kid of mine, 14 years old and has a part-time job at Burger King. Not only 
Does he work every day he can, including weekends when most kids are out enjoying their summer? He goes in early and stays late almost every time he works. He loves every minute of it, making his own money, saving for a car, being responsible in his decisions, becoming a respectable young man. I couldn't be more proud of him. Some of y'all lazy grown ass people out there should take notes. Hashtag proud dad. That post was then screenshot and shared on Twitter by a user who wrote, God, this is depressing. Just like that, it goes viral. Many quick to agree with the poster here, accusing the father and others like him of romanticizing exploitation and advocating for child labor. Replies like capitalism has literally brainwashed people to think this is a heartwarming story. Others noting that children actually should be out there enjoying their childhood because they have the rest of their lives to work. Many even sharing regrets they have about working from a young age because all of the experiences they missed out on. With some sharing their own experiences saying, you know, I think it was seen as learning work ethic, but then adding all I got from it was an unhealthy relationship with work that I carry to this day. However, at the same time, not everyone was outraged by this post. In fact, you had others applauding the child for having a go-getter attitude, arguing that he's setting himself up for bigger and better opportunities in the future by gaining good experience at a young age. Some even arguing that working young, it helps teach money, management, people skills, self-sufficiency, and more beneficial life tools. So one, I would love to know where you land in this debate, and two, as far as my opinion, and separate it from your own opinion, I am a little bit torn on this story because I worked from a very young age and I prided myself on it, and now I'm like, hey, that work ethic and, and you know that setup, it helped me get to this point, but anyone that gets to my position in life and higher, you also have to understand that there was a lot of luck in that. Like if there is a multiverse, there are many worlds where I did not get to this same place, I failed. So I am thankful and I'm happy that I got to work at such a young age, but I also don't immediately think that other people are lazy or they're, they're shitty people. But also at the same time, I do think we have a little bit of a disease in this country where we work for the sake of working, whereas I think in a lot of other countries, they work as a way to live. Like I am very thankful for my job. I, I get a lot of value of it, but I get way more value by uh, what it affords me in life, the, the shared experiences and opportunities with my family and friends. And I'm not gonna be that rich douchebag that's like, money doesn't matter, money doesn't make you happy. Money has added a lot of happiness to my life and money matters as someone that couldn't eat for a while because I had no money, as someone that was living in my car for a while because I did not have money. But please know that work is only one part of the equation. Money is not everything. Like a lot of things in life, it is about balance. It, that doesn't always jive. Oh, I never use that word, but it doesn't really work with a lot of people that have kind of black and white views of a lot of things in life, but it feels like that's the, the answer. Then, while it may feel kind of late to the party, we have a new COVID vaccine out there. The American biotech firm Novavax announcing this new vaccine today, finding it highly effective in a large clinical trial. The two-shot vaccine coming in at about 90% effective overall, 100% effective at protecting against moderate and severe disease. Right, putting it on par with Moderna and Pfizer. And notably, the company has also said that the shot had 93% efficacy against some of the other variants. And pending regulatory approval, Novavax plans to manufacture 100 million doses by the end of Q3, and 150 million by the end of the year. You know, this is actually very big news for a few reasons. One, uh, it turns out this is actually easier to store and transport. But also at the same time, while things here in the States are opening back up, we're seeing the numbers drop. We have to think more broadly and we have to think about the future. And when you look internationally, right, you take the whole world into account, more people have died from COVID in 2021 than in 2020. 20. Though, I will say the true toll of the pandemic last year may actually be higher because of data lags, missed cases, and incomplete reports. With really abysmal vaccination rates internationally, and actually regarding this, Novavax has already pledged 1.1 billion doses, and adding many of our first doses will go to low and middle income countries, and that was the goal to begin with. But also, even having a number of vaccines here in the States could prove to be very beneficial. As the New York Times explained, many vaccine experts expect that with waning immunity and emerging variants, the country will need booster shots at some point. And the 
protein-based technology used in the Novavax vaccine may do a particularly good job at amplifying protection, even if people have previously been vaccinated with a different formulation. The study also seemed to show that this new shot may have the least intense side effects of any of the others. And I say as someone who has absolutely loved the last few weekends and actually weeks of my life, yes, please. Anything that maintains normalcy. Yes, please. Never going back. Then, in international news, we should talk about the end of an era in Israeli politics in kind of two ways. One, it appears at least for now that the cycle is broken. Israel, of course, has had election after failed forming of government. Election failed forming of government. But as of last night, that is no longer the case. And Netanyahu, for the first time in 12 years, is not prime minister. Losing a no confidence vote last night, 60 to 59 with one abstention. As we talked about, taking over is a loose coalition of parties who are just so spread ideologically. Literally, one of the only things they could agree on is Netanyahu is out. And so what that means moving forward, right, with this power sharing deal is you have Naftali Bennett as the prime minister right now. He's a far right politician that you'd actually expect to be in Netanyahu's camp. However, his small Yamina party has a serious dislike of Netanyahu. But also because this is a power sharing deal, Bennett will only be prime minister until September of 2023. And at that point, he'll hand over power to his deputy, Yair Lapid, who is in Yesh Atid, the largest centrist party there and a longtime opponent of Netanyahu. And while yes, the vote has happened, we are moving forward, there is a question of can this hold? Right? When I say things like this is a diverse coalition, right? Like Bennett supports the building of settlements and all out annexation of the West Bank. But also at the same time, there are allies in this coalition that support the creation of a sovereign Palestinian state. Like, could not be more on different sides, right? And while this coalition plans to avoid hot button issues, topics, and instead vowing to rebuild the economy and focus on infrastructure. You'd also have to be willfully dumb to believe that those issues are going to allow themselves to be ignored. One of the first big issues that this new coalition is going to face is an upcoming march by far-right pro-settlement Israelis into Palestinian neighborhoods in Jerusalem. Right, it's a march that's already been delayed once. Uh, similar marches also were cited by Hamas as a reason for them launching hostilities between Gaza and Israel recently. And so like right out the gate, Bennett needs to decide whether to postpone the march again or approve it. He's personally a former pro-settlement guy himself, but his allies want the march canceled or rerouted. And so boom, Bennett could lose support from right-wing Israelis who see canceling the march as surrendering to pressure, but also allowing the march to happen could anger his left-wing and Arab allies. And at the same time, it could also spark off more fighting with Hamas, which is vowed to respond if it does take place. And remember, Netanyahu barely lost the vote. And with that, he's railed against the new government, calling it a dangerous coalition of fraud and surrender, promising to overthrow it quickly. And all he really needs is one or two people to switch up. Though there is also possibly a world where this coalition doesn't need to last several years, but just long enough. Right, in case you forgot, Netanyahu is actually still facing bribery, fraud, and breach of trust charges. So if he's found guilty, he'll actually be barred from holding office. And as of right now, he is in a weakened state, but we're gonna have to wait to see what happens from here. And ultimately with this story, or honestly, anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below because one, this is a conversation, and two, this is the end of today's show. As always, thank you for watching, like, and subscribe, and all the good stuff. If you're looking forward to watching, click or tap right here or in the description down below. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco, you've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.